Hi, I'm Dominic Insinius, leader of The Heart. I want to welcome you to The Heart Podcast. Thank you for letting us be a small part in your journey of faith. I hope this message today encourages you and strengthens you. Big things can happen when we expect God to move, so I pray today that God would speak to you through this message. Today, like I said, we're finishing up our message series called, Yeah, But Why? And for the last few weeks, what we've done, the the kind of goal of this series was to explore some of the why questions that maybe we uh, maybe don't directly ask God, maybe we sometimes do, or kind of questions we just have for the universe sometimes if you don't really want to address God or you feel like it'll be disrespecting God to ask him why he messed that up. You can say, why did this happen? And not really directing it at him. So we, we, we went over a few ideas. One of them was, why do bad things happen to good people, right? And good things happen to bad people. And the, and the kind of spoiler alert for this whole series has been, there is no satisfactory answer to a question that starts with why. Especially when we're dealing with things that life just kind of throws at us, right? Last week, we kind of dug into the question, why me? Why is this happening to me? Or maybe a step back from that is, why did God let this happen to me. Maybe God didn't cause it, but he sure let it happen. And so how do we approach those things in our faith when something happens and we're not quite sure how to answer that question or we're looking for an answer that we may never get? So today, what I want to do as we wrap up this series is what I like to do at the end of a series is kind of see what we can do to set ourselves up for the future, for what's to come, right? For what's next in our life. And all of these things, when it comes to, to asking these questions, why, okay? Why should I forgive someone? Why do bad things happen to good people? Why did this happen to me? What I want to talk about today is why even trust God to begin with? Why should you trust God? That might be an important why question for you, for you and your family, is why trust God? And, and so I should say, for the sake of the time that we're here together, the next 20 minutes or so, I want us to pretend, put your pretending hats on, pretend that you have a pretending hat, and I want you to pretend to put that pretending hat on, and what we're going to do is pretend that nowhere ever in the Bible does it say that you should trust God. No one ever said it. None of the prophets said it. None of the people in the Old Testament said it. David and, David, from David and Goliath, famously. David never said it. Moses never said it. Jesus never said it. No one. No one ever told you that you were supposed to trust God. No one ever said you should trust God. No one ever encouraged you that it might be good for you to trust God. That's what I want us to pretend for this message here today. Because what I want to ask you is now that we've pretended that no one has ever told you that the Bible says to trust God. Because I guarantee you, if you look up online or you ask somebody, why should I trust God? Somebody somebody will say, or some website will say, because the Bible tells you to. And I'm saying, for now, for today, that is not good enough of an answer. That's not enough. The Bible said it. Maybe your mom said it. Maybe your grandpa said it. Not enough. That's not going to be enough because today, I want to understand for you and for me, why trust God? Why should we? Why does it matter? So in this idea of, like I said, just we're going we're to take a step back and no one ever told us. So how do we approach the question then, right? Because it's nice and neat and clean if I say, why trust God? And you say, well, the Bible tells me so. Bible tells me to. Bible tells me to do that. I'm like, yeah, okay. But why 
not just because you said it. Anyone who's ever been a child, ever in their life, has asked a question, gotten an answer, not been satisfied, and you would say, but why? And your parents would say, anyone? Because I said so. And after you got that answer because I said so, didn't you feel satisfied with that answer? You're like, oh, I didn't realize it was because you said so. Now that seems to be the end of the issue. No, not at all. No one ever appreciates a because I said so answer. So we're going to stay away from that for the next 20 minutes or so. It's not because I said so. It's not even because the Bible said so. I want you to decide why you should trust God today. Why you should trust God for this next big decision that you need to make in your life, right? For this big situation you're in, this, this relationship that you make a, need to make a decision about. Whatever it happens to be, why should you trust God with that particular part of your life? So this got me thinking, of like, okay, what are the times in my life that I have trusted God? And it also got me thinking the times in my life where I had a little bit of difficulty trusting God with different parts. Sometimes, if you're anything like me, sometimes it's very easy to trust God with something. It's very easy to trust God with this particular part of my life, but this other part of my life, I micromanage the worrying to the minute. I don't know if God can worry about this as much as I can. I don't know if he, I don't know if he can handle the stress, if he can handle the pressure. Over here, I, I'm sure he's fine, but over here, I need to take care of it. But I want to talk about the parts of our life where we trust God and why, why we do that. Or maybe you're at a place in your faith where you don't trust God with a lot. Maybe you don't trust God with anything. And so I want to ask you, why trust God then? Why should you trust God? So there's a couple verses I want to look at today, okay? A couple scriptures I want to look at. And as we get into these, I want us to look at them from a place of trust. Because I can think through times in my life where I could probably make a good case if I spun it the right way on why you shouldn't trust God. Or maybe why I, maybe I'm not going to put it on you. (laughs) Maybe I'll just put it on me, okay? Why I shouldn't trust God. Because as I, some things that have happened in my life, I've had very special people in my life die before it was their time, in my opinion. I got divorced early on in my life. We tried to have a baby. It didn't work. No baby. Bunch of money, bunch of prayers. Nothing happened. Am I making a good case on why I shouldn't trust God? I have reasons for things that have happened in my life that I can make a case and say, you know what? I just don't trust God anymore. I did. I did trust God. And here's a few key things that have really altered the direction of my life, altered the path of my life. And you know what? I just don't anymore. And maybe you'd argue with me, maybe you won't. But my point is, is whatever has gone on in your life, it hasn't all been puppies and rainbows, right? Some rough things have happened to you. Some of us had happened in our childhood. Some of us had happened last week. So with all these things that happen in our life, and we know life isn't always smooth, why trust God? Not because anybody told you so. Why do you trust God? Why should you trust God? So the first verse I want to look at today is, the, is in the book of Luke. And this part of Luke is an interaction that Jesus has 
was somebody coming up to him. This is in chapter 5, verses 12 through 13. So I'm just going gonna, gonna to read it first, and we'll kind of uh, uh, see, see what's up with it together. Okay, here we go. In one of the villages, Jesus met a man with an advanced case of leprosy. When the man saw Jesus, he bowed with his face to the ground, begging to be healed. Lord, he said, if you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean. Watch this. This is genius. Jesus reached out and touched him and said, I am willing. If you are willing, you can heal me. And Jesus says, I am willing, be healed, and instantly the leprosy disappeared. Wouldn't that be great if that's how our lives worked anytime we needed something from Jesus? Lord, if you are willing, you can heal me. Can you imagine? You know what? What if we stop the story right there? We stop the story right there, and we, in this part, Jesus reached out and touched him and, you know, lifted off the ground, and the guy, you know, did a sprint and a marathon. None of that ever happened. What if the story was that this man risked his, risked his faith, risked it all, and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can heal me. Can you imagine bringing that kind of trust to your faith? Can you imagine bringing that kind of boldness to the situation that's going on in your life, bringing that to God and saying, if you are willing, I know you can, I know you can. If you're willing to, you can help me with this. And Jesus' answer is just brilliant. I, you know what? I am willing, now that you asked. <laughs> I am willing. And immediately, this guy was healed. That is the kind of trust, that is the kind of faith that I hope and wish for you in your life. There's a, it, it, there's a certain level of trust that this guy has already stepped over, right? Because maybe sometimes for you, and this is true for me, so maybe it's not for you. There, sometimes what's true for me is, it's not that I question, can God do something? Because there's that old, you know, that old phrase, God can do anything, but is he gonna? <laughs> you ever ask that in your prayers? God, I know you can do this, but, you know. So it's not a question of can, but willing. And I love, I love that. I love that small, just little glimpse of faith that this man already has. Bringing a lot of assumption to who Jesus is, to who he heard maybe Jesus was. It says, if you're willing, if you're willing, you can heal me. Okay, there's another verse I want to look at. And two verses is a lot for us here at the heart. If, you've, if you haven't been to the heart before, looking at two verses is one Sunday, we might as well read the whole Bible. So we're going to look at a second verse today, and this is actually in 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And it's two verses, six and seven, and it says this. So we are always confident, even though we know that as long as we live in these bodies, we are not at home with the Lord, for we live by believing and not by seeing. You might have heard it another way. It says we live by faith and not by sight. There is so much juice packed into that one phrase, we, that one phrase, we live by believing and not by seeing. Because for me, 
Maybe this isn't true for you. For me, most of the time, most of my life, I don't live by believing. I live by seeing. Here's what I mean by that. Is I can have a bad day. If I spill coffee on my shirt, this happened last week. I, I, this, last week, this is true. I always wear, this is about to get really personal. I always wear an undershirt, okay? Anybody else a little bit sweaty, especially in the Texas in the summertime? Okay, cool. So I always have an undershirt on, okay? And last week, I was like, I'm going to be fashionably brave and not wear an undershirt. And you know what I did? I didn't wear an undershirt, and I wore a gray shirt. Anybody, guess where this is going, okay? I got a little bit sweaty, no big deal, nothing crazy, but I looked down. Somebody had said, hey, it looks like you're already doing, delivering your message. You get a little bit sweaty. I looked down. Y'all, there was splotches everywhere. That will ruin my day. I will let that ruin an entire day. Do you see what I'm saying? That's not living by faith. <laughs> that is living by sight. I'm looking in the mirror, and I'm, I'm, living, I'm living my nightmare with all this sweat. So, I mean, I, I stole one of the shirts that we have in the back from our inventory. I'll have to deal with it later. I wore a heart shirt last week. That's not living by faith. That's living by, living by faith is like no big deal. Everybody's hot in Texas, right? Let's just do this thing. I had plenty of people say, yeah, don't worry about it. It's no big deal. No, I, this will ruin my day. And I will, delete, I will delete all videos of this from the histories of the world. That's living by sight. And I think for, if, if I'm honest with myself, a lot of my life, that is how I'm reacting to things in my life, right? I would love to say that I'm just living my life by faith and not by sight. That no matter what happens around me, my faith is never shaken. My faith is never tested. Because I'm just always trusting God. I'm just always trusting God. And y'all, for me, that is just not true. So much of my life, the things that happen, cause me to question, why? Why do I trust God? I'm trusting God. I'm doing all these things. I'm leading a church. If anyone should get a free pass, right? My favorite joke to tell people when they know that I uh, lead a church is I tell them that I get one miracle a year that I can use on whatever I want. <laughs> and, if, and if someone's pregnant, I'll say, I'm going to use my miracle on you having triplets now. <laughs> uh, it only gets a laugh about half the time, but that's, uh, that's show business. I want to be able... And I want this for you. I want to be able to live by faith, at least most of the time. I know that we're living in this, in this world where things happen that we don't want to happen, and we have to react, and we have to respond, and we have to deal with it, and we have to talk through things. How great would it be if we could approach those situations with, hey, I'm living by faith. Because you know what happens when you live by faith? Not, not, it doesn't have to be everything ever, and you're this perfect, faithful person. Let's say this one moment, this one situation, this one circumstance, you are going to choose to live by faith. You know what happens? When you start to live by faith, what happens because of that circumstance matters less and less and less. Because you don't need to see what happens at the end of this story, because you're living by faith, not by sight. So how it turns out won't matter near as much 
as the energy you're putting into living by faith. There's something I wrote down that I wanted to share with you all. When you choose to trust God, okay, when you choose to, I talk a lot about choice here at the heart, almost enough to make you sick. When you choose to trust God, your circumstances will never shake your faith. I should have underlined never. They will never shake your faith. And I rarely make declarative statements like that, but I'm telling you, when you choose to trust, and you got to listen to the words here, when you choose to trust God, whatever the circumstance is, if you're in a moment, you say, I'm going to choose to trust God with this drive to work. You usually get amped up on your commute, right? You get frustrated traffic. You get frustrated what you have to do that day. Let's say for this particular drive, I'm just going to trust God with my heart. I'm going to trust God with my peace. I'm going to trust God with my day. I'm going to choose to trust God. If we are actively doing that, then whatever the outcome is will not shake our faith. Our faith could be tested, but as we talked about last week, might want to check that out, being tested in our faith is a good thing. We want tests of faith because tests of faith create endurance. It allows us to grow. So when we choose to trust God, our circumstances will not shake our faith. And let me tell you something about trust. This is the next thing I wanted to share with you. Trusting God is not about predicting what he'll do. A lot of the times we think, or maybe we don't think outright, directly, or indirectly, that when we trust someone or trust something, it means we can predict the outcome. And there is a level of that to trust, but when it comes to relationships, that can't be what trust means. Because we're more complicated than that. Human beings are more complicated. Our relationship with God is more complicated than yes, he will, no, he won't. So trusting God is not about predicting what he will do or what he won't do. It's about right now, in this moment, wherever you're at, bringing peace to the life you're already living. But if we, if we say, okay, I trust God to give me what I want, I don't know if that's what trust is. <laughs> it's not the same thing, but that's like if I went home and said, okay, uh, Amber, my wife, I said, Amber, I'm trusting that you'll be sweet to me all day. I'm trusting you that you'll be sweet to me the whole day and won't hurt my feelings. Am I setting her up or myself up for failure? Or both. <laughs> that's not what trust is. Trust is vulnerability. And when we choose to trust God, we make ourselves spiritually vulnerable. And when you are vulnerable, you create a lot of room to be hurt. When you are vulnerable, you create a lot of room to be let down. But as our old friend Benet Brown says, that same place that you make room for hurt, that same place that you make room to be let down, that is the same spot where love can grow. And if you allow yourself to be, be vulnerable with God, watch, watch how your faith can grow and watch how your perception of his love for you will grow. Last thing I wrote down that I want to share with you is this. I said at the beginning, right, you're almost, you can almost take 
You can almost pretend taking off your pretending hats. I said at the beginning that no one ever said you have to trust God. That's never written here at all. So let's say you realize you don't have to trust God because you don't. You can do whatever you want. You don't have to go to church. You don't have to give on Sundays. You don't have to read your Bible. You don't have to pray every day. You don't have to do any of these things. You are empowered to to live your faith. So when you realize that you don't have to trust God, that is when you are truly empowered to choose trust. That's why I said earlier, the, the choice to trust God. If you're in the middle of that choice, into the choice that you had made, not because you have to, not because you're supposed to, not because that's what good Christians do, whatever that means. When you realize that you don't have to trust God, now you're in a position to choose trust and to really mean trust. Because if we live from this place of like, yeah, I want to trust God because I think I'm supposed to trust God in this situation, but I don't know. Maybe sometimes we need that. Sometimes I need that. That's okay. But if you can live in a place where you realize you don't have to trust God, now you really get to. Now you really get to because you want to. It's like anybody, has anybody in here been married before or currently for longer than three years? Longer than three years. Okay. A few people ashamed of that. (laughs) we've been married for 14 years but three good ones for sure so for any of us have been in a relationship for a long time marriage or not doesn't have to be marriage you've been in a relationship for three years at some point at some point and tell me if I'm wrong later not right now (laughs) tell me if I'm wrong at some point love becomes a choice right You're not in love in the same way you were the first year, right? Five years in, six years. (laughs) I don't mean to make marriage sound bleak. (laughs) Trust me, you're not in love anymore. No, I mean love becomes a choice. You're choosing this person daily. Choosing to be thoughtful. Choosing to be mindful. Choosing to be forgiving. That relationship becomes stronger. Relationships are strong because we choose to stay in them. Even when it's difficult. Even when the person doesn't act like how we would want them to act. That's what keeps a bond tight. Is choosing to love. Choosing to trust. That's what I want for you. I want you to be able to choose to trust God. Not because the Bible says you should. Not because you think you should. Not because your parents told you that you should. But because you choose to in this moment. You choose to in this situation. You choose to in this next phase of life. And it doesn't mean everything's going to go your way, but that's not what choosing trust is about. Some things will go your way and some things won't, but the beauty of choosing to trust God is whether it goes your way or not, your faith can grow, and your faith will grow. If you could, I want you to close your eyes for a moment and bow your heads. At the end of each message, I usually like to, to give a challenge, and I, and I take this challenge with y'all, so I, I want to I wanna challenge you this week. 
wherever you are on your journey of faith, wherever you are on your level of trust for God, on a scale of zero to 100, wherever you are on that level of trust with God, I want to challenge you this week to choose something, choose a circumstance, choose a scenario in your life, a particular relationship in your life, whatever it is, and I want you to actively choose to trust God in that and with that. No matter what the outcome is, I want you to challenge yourself and say, all right, no matter what happens here, I'm going to choose to trust God in this. With your eyes closed and your heads bowed, if you want to take that challenge with me this week, you think you can do that, then on the count of three, put up your hands. One, two, three, put your hand up real quick. Okay, go ahead and put it down. Let's pray together. God, thank you so much for the opportunity that we have to be in this with you. Thank you for the empowered faith that we have. Thank you for the power to choose to love, to choose to trust. I pray that you would be with us this week, God, even as we try to make that decision. No matter what bumps are along the road with us in our life and in our faith, God, we're grateful that we can have people around us who know that life is a mess, and we're thankful that, you can have, or that we can have you in our life to guide us through every bit of it. We love you, and we're grateful. In your name, amen. Thanks for listening to The Heart Podcast. At The Heart, we like to say you don't have to go to church here to go to church here. That means you are already part of the community just by listening to the message today. If today's message connected with you, we want to invite you to share it with someone who may benefit from it. We would love to be a part of your journey of faith. Please visit us online at www.theheart.church forward slash next to see what your next step may be. And if you live near San Marcos, Texas, we would like to invite you to visit us in person this Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Remember to be bold this week and connect with those around you. It's how your relationships grow and how your faith grows. Mm -hmm.